the my brothers and sisters believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in if you show special attention to the man wearing the fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumblers at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. This is the word of the Lord. We are resuming our systematic series from the New Testament book of James. I know we've, uh, it seems like a long time uh, since right before Thanksgiving, but now we'll try and catch everybody up again. Uh, the last time we looked at the 26th and the 27th verses of the first chapter uh, from the book of James, and uh, it read, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. See, James presents uh, the case for behavior that is not just uh, right in belief, but is right in relationship. It's one thing to have right belief. It's another then to couple that right belief with a right relationship and then also a uh, uh, tangible right actions. He doesn't condemn religion. See, a lot of times, you say, oh, I'm not religious. Well, religion is just the window by which we look to attempt to understand the, uh, the, the incomprehensible, if you will. See, that's, that's how we attempt to relate to God. What he condemns is religion whose action don't match the talk. See, it, it, it's like, it's not, well, I'm not religious. Well, maybe you need to, uh, maybe you need to be. Uh, but it's, 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 what does your religion evidence, how does it evidence itself in your life? That's really what James is saying. It's one thing to say that Jesus Christ is Lord, it's quite another to live in a way that reflects that Christ is Lord of your life. As I was sharing earlier, even the demons acknowledge God. They acknowledge God. It, that's a, that's, that's a no-brainer. But do you acknowledge him as the Lord of your life? 
and it includes caring for, not simply praying for, those that are the least among us, orphans and widows. What does your relationship, how does your relationship live out in a practical day-to-day way? So, James builds on this, and uh, he writes in chapter 2, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritisms. Favoritism. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. A straightforward, uncomplicated statement that links the audience, brothers and sisters, with their faith, believers, with the one in whom they've placed their faith, Jesus Christ, with right behavior. Don't show favoritism. This is an awesome verse. And you, you look at it, all of Christianity is just like wrapped up in here. You've got relationship, you've got faith, you've got faith in the thing you have the faith in, and you have right behavior. What's your point? Well, my point is then, as now, classism was prevalent both in religious circles and where civic decisions were being made. Power and position rule the day. Power and position rule the day. So, so to make his point, James gives an example as he writes, if you show special attention to a man wearing fine clothes, say, here's a good seat for you. But say to the poor man, uh, you stand over there. Or better yet, how about you sit here at my feet on the floor? Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Our brokenness, our brokenness automatically divides us. See, it was from the very beginning when Adam blamed God. See, God, it's this woman you created for me. If you wouldn't imply it is, if you didn't create this woman, then we wouldn't be in this pickle right now. And, and, and so sin causes a separation. It separates us from a holy God, and it creates separation among us here on earth. See, Our first, I don't have to ask you, I know, I know what the answer is. Our first inclination, when we come into contact with people that don't look like us, that aren't dressed like us, that we can't, uh, you immediately size up and and you slot that person, your first reaction is to step back. That's what you do. No, you know, I know, no, no, I just, I'm embraced. It's like, come on now, you're talking to me. Come on. Come on. Come on. You, you step back. It's like, okay. See, James is presenting a clear picture of what transformation looks like. So there's no, there's, there's, it's one thing to, 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 to talk about it in an esoteric way. Now it's like, no, we're going to talk about it in a tangible way. What, it, what, what faith doesn't look like is favoring someone that is better dressed over someone who's not so well dressed. That's, why do we buy the, the purses with a G on it? 
Why do we buy, and it don't tell me, oh, well, they're better made. Baloney, just baloney. Why do we buy the purses with the LV on it? Why do we, why do we, why do we buy the cars with a, with a, with a little pointy star on it? Why do we, oh, they're better made. Oh, come on. Come, come on, the reason, the reason we did, well, I can afford that, you know, God has blessed me, and no, 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 really what it's saying is, I want to project an image. I want to project an image, and when that image is projected, then the person that's seen that image is like, oh, you got it going on. You got it going on. That's what it's all. And so James, he, he could have been born right now, I'm telling you. And, 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 and this, this is applicable. And, 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 and what he is saying is like, I'm taking you back. See, back then, it wasn't like there was a middle class. There was no middle class back in, back in the ancient Near East in the first century. It was either those that had wealth and it was those that were just barely getting by. I mean, it was, and then when Jesus was talking about give us this day our daily bread, he wasn't talking metaphorically. He was talking about, hey, literally, you know, if it don't rain, there's no crop. There's no crop, there's no food. There was no, there was no social service program outside of the Levitical rules and regulations that God put in place. You don't work, you don't eat. So, so James is presenting a clear picture. It's like you got, you got folks that are well-dressed, well-off, really looking really good, and we're really paying attention to them. Then you got everybody else. That's why he asked, aren't you just an unjust judge? If, 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 this is a big if, if as Christians we are different, then we, we must operate differently. If we are, as Christians, if we are different, we must operate differently. If we are Christian... If there's a difference, we must operate different. If we take on the behavior of the world, then what, the, and people have the right to ask. So you do this, you act this way, you say these things, you do these things. Well, I do those things. So what makes you different from me? If we are different, we will operate in a different way. Interesting and sadly, we place a premium on the things uh, that God doesn't place a premium on. James goes on, listen, dear friends, isn't it clear by now that God operates quite differently? He chooses the world's down and out as the kingdom's first citizens with full rights and privileges. Isn't it clear by now that God operates quite differently? He chooses the world's down and out as the kingdom's first citizens with full rights and privileges. Let me help you, too, just so we don't, uh, we don't get into a, uh, thinking it's all about economics. See, there is an economic aspect to what James is writing about, but more importantly, it's a positional statement he's making. Those that are not only not wealthy, but not strong, not in positions of authority, not leaders, not well thought of, the lowly, See, remember, I, I keep going back to this, Deuteronomy 7 and 7. God wasn't attracted to the nation because they were, they were so wonderful. They were so handsome. They were so strong. See, what, what Moses said, God wasn't attracted to you and didn't choose you because you were big and important. The fact is, there was almost nothing to you. 
He did it out of sheer love, keeping the promise he made to your ancestors. And so James is just echoing what the words of Jesus as he said, happy are the people who are hopeless because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Happy are the people who grieve, they will be made glad. Happy are the people who are humble because they will inherit the earth. I know, I know, I know. Right about now you're saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm really tired of being happy right now. You can give me whatever the alternative is to all of this happiness you keep talking about. I'm going to help you out. James asked, goes on to ask a series of rhetorical questions. Verse 6. But you have dishonored the poor. He's talking to the church now. You have dishonored the poor. Is not the rich, is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of the name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Verse 10, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Verse 11, for he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. And verse 11, talk and act like a person expecting to be judged by the rule that sets us free. For if you refuse to act kindly, you have, you have hardly expect to be treated kindly. Kind mercy wins over harsh judgment. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm closing. So what does all this mean? This is, this, is, this is a very straightforward portion of scripture with a very difficult execution, if you will. What does it mean? It means that those blessed, it's wonderful how God puts us together, isn't it? Those that are blessed with the world's riches and abilities, we are our brothers and sisters keepers. Oh, you thought that God blessed you with a fat bank account just so you could be large and you can, you can, you can tuck it away for you and yours. Uh, I'm breaking it to you now. Those that have been blessed with God's talent, abilities, riches, you are your brothers and, keep, uh, brothers and sisters keepers, and it's not just a moral obligation that we do something nice at Thanksgiving and Christmas. The world does that. The world does that. The world does that. The world is kind at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Is that it for us? Is, 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 does, does our kindness end right there or when it's convenient? We are obligated in a relational and spiritual way to our brothers and sisters regardless of their circumstance. We are obligated to our brothers and sisters in a relational and spiritual way beyond their circumstance. We don't give just because it's 
I, you know, it's convenient. We give because I'm in relationship with you. Jesus asked the question, you being evil, you would give, you would go out of your way to give good gifts to your sons and your daughters. If they asked for uh, uh, bread, you wouldn't give them a rock. If, you, if they asked for a fish, you wouldn't give them a serpent. You being evil, how much more God will do for you? Now, we say we're God's children. If we are God's children, then we ought to take on the responsibilities, the behavior, the, the, the concerns that our Father has. Okay, now that's, that's, that's those that have the, the knowledge, skills, abilities, and wealth. Uh, how about those that are without the world's riches? Here's the, here's the obligation. Those that are in a situation where, boy, I, I've got more month than money. I, the, things just aren't adding up in the way I would like them to add up. You are not to see your salvation in me or other people. Say it again. Your salvation, your hope, your joy, your source, your strength, it's not in me. Well, didn't you just say, wait a minute, you just said that I'm my brother's keeper. I am my brother's keeper. I am absolutely my brother's keeper. But there's not enough money in the Mark Meeks bank account to solve the world's problem. So if you are looking to those that have wealth as your source of strength, you're in big trouble. One, because everybody's not going to respond. Two, those that will respond don't have sufficient resources. So what are you saying? Your source of strength is not in us, it's in him. Your hope is in him. As I am tied into him, then I become his agent, and then I do things on behalf of God. But hey, I'm, I'm ta- I'm, all I'm doing is tapping into God's resources. I don't have sufficient resources, but I know, I know someone who's got cattle on a thousand hills. I know who has the resources, and it's not me. So it's all about relationship. Those without the world's riches are not to see salvation in others. Our salvation, it's in him. Because it's in him we live, we move, and have our being. The reason we struggle so much, both those with resources and those without resources, is that we're not dialed into him. See, see, you know, it's like for 2013, for those who had money in their 401s and the invested in mutual funds and everything, you made a boatload of money, you know? But 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, it wasn't so, such good years. So you're supposed to live up and down based on the whims of uh, the stock market. It's like, no, 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 no. We are to live out the original mandate of God. So the question, the question, the real question we need to ask ourselves, uh, the, the, the real takeaway is, what's motivating us? Is it grace or greed? What, what's, what's, what's driving us? What is, what is driving us? Is it grace or greed? Are we operating from a position or perspective of grace or greed? If we have resources, are we so consumed with, man, I got to keep it. I got to make sure I don't lose it. I got to, I'm, I'm, I'm just focused on, you know, and, and, and I know a few folks like that. Nobody here, of course. I'm not talking about anybody here. That they are just, it's like their, their whole day is consumed with tracking 
They're legends. It's like, you know, again, it's like the guy that uh, Jesus used in the parable, the, the rich guy, you know? And he says, I got so much stuff, you know, let me just build bigger barns. My, my portfolio is just so large, I need to make it bigger. And Jesus said, today your life is going to be required of you, you fool. It's like, now, now what's going to happen to you? See? And then Jesus said to another group at another time, unless you eat my flesh, unless you drink my blood, you don't have any part in me. And those that were following him for the loaves and the fishes, for, for the goodies, for, for the goodies, they say, this guy is crazy. I'm out of here. And they left. See, this cuts both ways. And the beautiful thing about this, the, the real beautiful thing about what James is presenting here is that God puts us in this wonderful position so we can, it's, this, is, this is just not something that, oh, well, you know, this is, this is good training for heaven. No, this is, what, this, is, this is what God put us on earth to do. I am to be in relationship with those that have a need. And those with needs, if, see, if they say, well, I'm glad to be in a position of need, you know it's more blessed to give than to receive. Who wants to be on the receiving and always having to ask for stuff? It's like, you don't want to do that. See, but in that relationship, you still get to live out the relationship God wants you to do. I want you to be in relationship with my children because I'm the father of light. I've got the cattle on a thousand hills. I'm going to supply, I'm going to give the different ones in, in ministry. I'm going to give them the resources, the ability, so they can bless you. It's not just them coming to Again, as I say, you, keep, you, you, can, you can hit the well one too many times, and then the well is like empty. No more water in the well. No more. There's nothing there. There's nothing in the bank. I don't have any more time in the day. There's nothing else. But if I'm tied into God, if you're tied into God, then there is no shortage of resources. It be, it, it's, it's a perpetual machine. It just keeps coming. It keeps coming. I have a need. You know what? Let me go to my father. He's got, he's got, he's like, okay, father, she has a need. You know I don't have the resources. See, the reason why it, it just seems so, so weird is because James is talking about it. We read it through econ, an economic lens. But if we start to look at it, it's like, okay, now let's talk about disease. Well, I'm not a doctor. I can't heal you. I can't fix anything, but I can pray for you. I want to know when things are going on in your life health-wise. Not, not because I got nothing else to do, but that is what I am called to do. That is, my, that is my spiritual, moral obligation to be in relationship with you and tied in with the Father so I can minister to you. Well, that's the job as a pastor. Guess what? All of you are pastors. It is every one of our responsibilities and obligations to be tied into one another. Those that have a need and those that have the ability to supply the need. If you don't have a disease, pray for those that do. If you need a, if you need a dollar, you need to ask for the dollar. You, you, I mean, that's, that's I'm, I'm serious as a heart attack. That is, that, is, that is what God has called us to do. See? But those on the asking side, be real careful, because if you're not careful, you'll be saying, well, it's, it's, it's Brother Meeks that's saving me. Brother Meeks ain't saving nobody. I can't even save me. God help you. But I'll be his agent. I'll be his agent if, you know, you have a need. 
come on, Father. Now, I know you can do this. You've done it before. I, you've done it before. I know you'll do it again. And if you don't, we'll still trust you. Why? Where else are we going to go? Who else are you going to depend on? I'm done. 2013, for a lot of folks, was a very bad year. It was a very bad year. It just seems like, you know, the, the, the chasm in this country, no other country, this country, the chasm between those that have and those that don't have is getting wider and deeper. Those that have, they have. There's a, those that don't, don't. If we are different, if we are different, we will act differently. And it will surprise you. You will, you will like, I don't know why I am doing this. I, I, I close with this story. This is a true story. Absolute true story. My father had, he bought a, it, it was a, one of those, that was the, it was before the Jeep was a Jeep. What they call those international something or others. I remember the car. It was new to me. I don't know if it was brand new. It was new to me. It was a Woody. It was, had one of those little fake wood paneling on the side. Just bought it. Just bought it. Brother said, uh, just brother, uh, brother in the church. Brother Meeks, you know, I'm riding a bicycle. I need, uh, I need transportation. My father gives him the vehicle. What kind of crazy person would do something like that? Gave him the vehicle. What did he do? And he was riding a bike with his dog and in the basket. Gave him the vehicle. The next time he saw him, he wasn't driving the vehicle. He was back in his bicycle driving with a basket. Dog in the basket. What happened? Well, I sold the car. And now I got, a, I got a basket I can put the dog in, and this is really convenient. My father shook his head and walked away sad. What's the point? The point is my father in that, in that situation did exactly what God, did exactly what God called him to do. Yours is not, well, I'll give you this if you do this. I will give you this if you straighten up and fly right. Apply that to yourself. That's a different sermon. The person that received the gift messed up the gift. What am I saying? If you're tied into him, you'll do what you're supposed to do. And if you're receiving, you'll do what you're supposed to do. Obviously, some, there was a breakdown in that picture, in that story. But you do what you're supposed to do. Do exactly what you're supposed to do. No more, no less. Do what you're supposed to do. Do what you're supposed to do. Well, you know, what I'm supposed to do is, no, 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 no. I mean, really, on your face, before God, what are you asking me to do? What are you asking me to do? For some, this, the easiest thing you could do is write a check. I write a check, and I'm done. That, that's the easiest thing you could do. What? God asked through the prophet, do you think I want your money? 
Is, is that what you think I want? I don't even want your firstborn. I want a relationship. I want a relationship. I want a relationship. Because if I have a relationship, I got everything else. Let's pray.